welcome back everyone um this is the part of our um every fortnight um streams where we do the through our eyes podcast um this podcast aims to highlight marginalized creators and their stories um and generally it's it's been a a very interesting interesting ride uh that came about from one of pages my co-hosts um uh projects too would you like to tell us a bit about that so as you've undoubtedly heard before it came about from the throw our eyes streams where we basically just get a load of people together and pile them into a stream and we all tend to answer the same questions about uh, a topic generally based around a particular area of marginalization or intersectionality uh, but what we found was that just trying to talk to five or six people at the same time is quite difficult if they wanted to talk a bit more in depth about a particular topic so uh, with drag we came up with the idea to take people one by one and actually dedicate a couple of hours to each person to understand their story a little bit more and to learn a bit more about them as opposed to just the topic itself so that's where we are that's where we are and we've uh, there's definitely a couple of uh, running themes but i'm not sure they're particularly fantastic <laughs> but, uh, our running themes, themes constipation uh <laughs> just sheer anger you know anger, it's fine yeah uh... <laughs> depression <laughs> you know all happy stuff yeah. Yeah. um okay <laughs> so what we um do here is we will be asking our guests today uh questions if you would like to submit any questions to be asked at the end there is a channel points redemption that you can use to submit your questions so that i can record them for later um the alerts should be off um, I'm pretty sure they were off, um, so that we won't be disturbed while we're talking about potentially quite serious um, topics. That um, obviously it's it's important for us to try and try and focus in on. And also, we are recording so that uh, we can put this out on on various podcaster platforms um, <laughs> as 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 we can. Uh, is it early? Bit overpowering. I was gonna say, there's no way I'm quiet, so something's interesting there. That that better? Yeah, I don't think anyone's ever accused me of being quiet. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. Um, okay, so this is where we introduce today's guest. Hello. Would you like to tell us who you are, a bit about yourself, your platforms, and and etc. Your pronouns. Sure. Um, for those who don't know me, um, my name is Stephen, but I also go by uh, Mr. Dude Guy, sir, which is my uh, Twitch handle. I also go by uh, Mr. Dude. I know I know five syllables. So There's a lot to say. It's like a bunch of marbles in your mouth. Um, but people call me dude guy sometimes, some people call me just simply dude. Um, he, him pronouns, and, uh, what else did you ask? Sorry, I have MS, I forget stuff. <laughs> um, your platforms, what you do as a creator, so, such oh. forth. 
So I uh, I stream. I'm a very casual streamer. Uh, I don't really stream for any kind of income. I mostly stream for uh, just to make friends because it's really hard for me to get out and meet people. Um, I also stream to raise awareness for multiple sclerosis and also to give me some kind of hobby that MS hasn't taken away yet. Okay. Um, and uh, where can people find you? Like... You can find me right at that link that uh, was just posted in chat. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, sorry, my brain just blanked there for a second. <laughs> just completely. Right, yes. So, what brought you here today to talk to us? I wanted an opportunity to spread more awareness to um, for multiple sclerosis and to kind of alleviate any kind of stigmas that are attached to it, not just multiple sclerosis, but uh, you know other chronic illnesses that uh, people go through and the similar things that we all share, like day-by-day uh, -day life that we have to struggle with. We might have all different illnesses, but we still experience the same things, uh, you know, we experience uh, a lot of misunderstandings and, uh, you know, we have a lot of uh, ableist people trying to diminish and invalidate us. And I'm trying to clear that up uh, by this platform and this podcast today. Okay. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time uh, to come and talk to us, um, especially about what... Uh, is often quite a sensitive and and personal subject um so if at any point there's something that you that makes you uncomfortable or uh that um you did you just want to move on topics feel free to to say or we can take a break um otherwise if if you're all good we can jump into our first question I think I'm good. Uh, the only thing I could think of is I, I've been drinking a lot of water today, so I may have to like take a bio break uh, at some point, but I'll let you know. <laughs> I will just, uh, just get out of my seat without saying anything. Okay. Like, Where do you go? Okay. He's done with this podcast. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Right. Okay. So our first question is, is, pretty pretty standard to uh, all of our guests but tell us the lowdown of your story why are you here and when did it start why i'm here is uh, what i previously mentioned i saw that uh, on the uh, glitch code server at one point you were i think it was in collaborations you were asking people if they wanted to be a part of the podcast and i was like ooh yeah i totally want to be part of that and um what was the other part of that question you asked so the lowdown of your story like oh, story. Okay. so like when did it start what what do you experience so, uh, and such forth right okay so my story begins um i was very young i was at least 13 and i noticed uh some changes going on in my body not not puberty 
but um <laughs> well yeah that but i mean not uh, a stinker no. too but <laughs> yeah yeah that, that, we're we're all diagnosed with that at some point um, <laughs> um but no um i noticed i was uh really tired sometimes but it wasn't the kind of tired that uh you feel when you're sleepy it's the kind of tired it, it's more fatigue and fatigue is more or less more of a like a resistance you feel heavy not only physically but mentally as well and uh, i noticed i also had some other symptoms uh, i had some pins and needles feelings um i kept telling my parents that it feels like uh ants are biting my feet over and over and uh so they like took my shoes off and looked at my feet like oh there's nothing there you know so they just kind of just uh, brushed, you know, I also had mood swings sometimes too uh, at that age. And, you know, they kind of just brushed all that off as, you know, puberty and stuff. It wasn't until I was 19 is when I was finally diagnosed uh, with multiple sclerosis. And um, the story with that is how I got diagnosed how I knew that uh, there was something definitely wrong was I was driving home uh, from visiting a girlfriend at the time. And I noticed that uh, every time I looked to the left, I saw double. But every time I looked to like straight and to the right, I saw fine. And so when I finally uh, came home, uh, they were saying that uh, I looked cockeyed when I looked to the left. I was like, I thought they were joking at first, but uh, then like some concern uh, grew. And so I went to an optometrist and he looked at my eye and uh, first he did was a, uh, I believe he did a, uh, like a diabetic test to see if I, was, if I was diabetic or something, but that was negative. And so he referred me to an ophthalmologist, which if you're not familiar with what an ophthalmologist is, they are more like a optometrist slash neurologist, like combination. And so he looked, he did some tests for me and he, he suspected I had something, but I wasn't sure. So he referred me to a neurologist. And from there, I had a, uh, an MRI and a, a spinal tap, a lumbar puncture. And a funny story about the lumbar puncture. There's always a funny story about the lumbar puncture. Say, yes. <laughs> don't want a funny story about a lumbar puncture. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It's just, I knew <laughs> the moment that you said that, you were going to say, mm -hmm. funny story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so... <Go> <laughs> They, they told me this could be a lumbar puncture, and I was, I was 19. I was like, what the heck is that thing, you know? So there's like, uh, well, we're going to extract some spinal fluid out of your back uh, with a needle. I'm like, well, I'm going to get some anesthetic first, right? They're like, yeah. So a nurse walks in with a, with a long needle, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, I thought you said you're just going to give me some anesthetic. And she said, this is the anesthetic. This is Novocaine. And I was like, well, do you have 
<laughs> anesthetic for the anesthetic. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they uh, they did lumbar puncture, and oh my gosh, if you ever had one, you already know. Um, basically, what a lumbar puncture is is they extract uh, spinal fluid out of your back, and that same fluid is in your brain. That's what your brain floats around in. And so when you uh, have less of that, whenever you're uh, standing up, your head hurts like a, a mother. And so I had to just lay down the whole time. And then uh, a few days later, I found out that I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis at age 19. And that was exactly 19 years ago. And I am 38 now, so if you do the math, I've had MS for half of my life. So, as from uh, my my understanding, uh, um, and with a uh, very close relative with MS, for those who don't know, I, 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 I'm right in saying that's pretty early for a diagnosis of MS. Like, usually it's it's... 30s onwards um, mm -hmm. for most sufferers. So this has been quite a significant impact on your life, I assume. Yes. Um, speaking of like the age thing, you know, most people like like you said get it around you know age 30, and uh, I visited other neurologists and stuff, and they didn't believe. I had MS, so they kept doing other tests. I'm like, no, I have MRI and, uh, uh, you know, the spinal tap to prove it. And so um, being 19 years old, being diagnosed, just being diagnosed with anything at 19 years old, you're like freaking out, you know? And uh, I was really scared. I was like, am I going to die? You know, I, I didn't really know anything about it. And uh, being diagnosed with anything at that age is very scary, especially when you're diagnosed with an illness that you can't even pronounce, let alone, you know, ever heard of. Mm. So that was a very scary time for me. Uh, that was around the time, like, um, you know, I was planning to go to college and, you know, a lot of other things, a lot of other opportunities. But because of MS, I kind of halted stuff. Um, when I was diagnosed, I was uh, six months in working my first job at a, a computer repair shop. And like uh, six months later, you know, I, I just had to quit because I kept getting, um, flare ups and relapses and things like that. And, uh, at age, it took several years to get on disability. Um, I think I was 23 when I finally got on it. And so um, from there, you know, I tried to do, you know, just working on the computers from my home at, yeah, as, you know, some kind of supplement to my income. And then uh, from there, uh, I met uh, I met a friend on uh, this uh, MS support group, and we were friends for quite a while. And then uh, she's from New York, and uh, I always 
told her that I always wanted to visit New York, you know, uh, like see the Statue of Liberty, things like that. And so um, one day she sent me a little care package of New York stuff. So I opened it up. They had like a little tiny uh, Statue of Liberty and, you know, uh, I Heart New York t-shirt and all that stuff. And there was this uh, paper airplane in there too. So I called her when I, whenever I got the box and I was like, uh, Hey, what am I going to do with this, uh, you know, paper airplane? Am I going to use this to fly to New York or something? <laughs> you know? And like, she dead seriously said, yes. I was like, what? I opened <laughs> it up. Guess what it was? was a plane it a ticket. Or... Oh, ticket. Plane oh. ticket. Yeah. So long story oh. short, um, yeah, we got married and, and all that stuff, and, and yeah. Sorry! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is uh, so lovely! We're not together anymore. Oh. Damn it! Yeah. <laughs> this has been it was, a very nice our, moment. Our story was actually on, uh, put on some kind of blog oh. somewhere. But, uh, anyways. But, yeah, um, because of MS, it, it kept me from a lot of things i did actually end up going to college uh i just took a, like a one-year course at this technical college just to put something on a resume and uh i was able to like buy a house and stuff like that so a lot of things that i thought i couldn't do because i had ms you know it that just goes to show just don't give up just keep trying if you have you know goals and dreams don't let your your illness get in the way of that of, of course it'll keep you from doing uh what you want but there's always a way there's always some kind of loophole that you can find some kind of support or or, or association or anything that can help you in that way so in terms of um post-diagnosis how has um ms affected you physically or mentally or how has it impacted your your life after the diagnosis so after the diagnosis um i've went through several types of treatment um basically how what neurologists do with MS treatments is they'll they'll throw an MS treatment at you. They'll wait a while, they'll do an MRI. If you have flare-ups or you have more lesions on your uh, MRI, you know, they'll put you on something else. I think I'm now on my eighth treatment. So we come a long way in treatments. Uh, back then it was just, I think it was just shots or steroids back then. But there were several times in my life where I had to use a wheelchair. I couldn't walk at all. Uh, there's times where I had vision problems. There's a period of time where I was legally blind for a little bit. It, it, it's a constant push and pull on how I was uh, physically. As far as mentally, um, you know, I think... MS does give you depression 
in several ways. Just having a chronic illness alone will give you depression, especially at a young age. But I think it does it uh, physiologically too. Something with your biochemistry in your in your brain happening all the time, things like that. Um, but there there has definitely been some ups and downs in my life. Um, before my diagnosis, uh, you know, I used to skateboard all the time. I definitely can't do that now. Um, like 10 years ago, I used to go running all the time and now I can't do that. Uh, I had a flare up back in December of 2020 and, uh, it, it definitely affected my balance and I had to start walking with a cane and I went, but I went through physical therapy and I'm able to walk without it, but I'm still kind of shaky here and there. Um, so another thing uh, about, you know, any kind of uh, illness that affects your mobility, you know, um, I'll probably have to sh uh, save this for the next upcoming question. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, it for that. Um, and um, just for uh, clarification and and so to to uh, make sure that we uh, cover uh, um, uh, more of the basic points, what is MS and what type have you got? So, what MS is not. It's not Microsoft. It's not. Uh, it's not an acronym for the state of Mississippi in the United States. Uh, it's. It's not. You know. Some things I've heard people say. Uh, it, it's not multiple scoliosis. My spine isn't a pretzel or anything. Um, it's not muscular dystrophy, which it's a different type of chronic illness, but uh, multiple sclerosis. Um, the second part of that word, sclerosis, I, I believe that's a Latin term for scarring. So in, in, in MS, your immune system attacks uh, the central nervous system, your brain and your spinal cord. It, it confuses it with like, uh, you know, viruses and bacteria. And uh, it sees the nerves in your brain and it attacks it and imagine how can i make a good analogy imagine your like your 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 charger cable for your phone right let's say you have a cat you know that likes to gnaw on wires and stuff if you use that same charger on your phone sometimes it will charge sometimes your phone won't because of that that frayed cable that's basically what happens in MS. Your immune system frays the cables in your brain and your spinal cord. And because the brain controls everything, you can have all types of different symptoms. You can have uh, problems with uh, your, your bowels, your bladder, uh, walking. You can have uh, numbness in various areas. Uh, I'm trying to think of what symptoms I have. Uh, chronic fatigue is my number one symptom that I experience every day, all day, every day. 
uh, trying to think what else. Sometimes I get uh, the pins and needle feeling in my in my feet, and every day I feel different. Uh, it's basically me spinning a roulette wheel to see what it lands on basically every day, and it's really hard to plan uh, really anything, any kind of schedule, work schedule, uh, sleep schedule, stream schedule. Um, and that's why it was so hard, uh, going back to work. I try after I was on disability for a while, I wanted to give it a try and, you know, actually go back to the workforce and I did it for a while. And then, uh, I haven't worked for, I think five years. And, uh, I told them before I, uh, start working like I have MS there might be days where I call in sick hope you're okay with that like, yeah sure but I apparently I missed too many days and then you know they they had to let me go because of that so and what type do you have because there are multiple oh. types of MS as well aren't there yes so there are three main types, but actually there's four. I'm not really um, too knowledgeable about the fourth one. So the the first one is called uh, clinically isolated syndrome. Basically, it's it's MS that's not MS. It's basically you have everything that goes on in regular MS, but it doesn't last uh, past 24 hours. So that's like the first stage. Uh, but what I have, I have what's called relapsing remitting MS. Basically, um, I'll have a flare up and I'll have like symptoms, like maybe like I have bad balance during that time or I can't see out of my left eye or something like that. And then, um, and then it'll go away and then I'll be fine. Um, then there is a uh, secondary progressive MS. Basically it's, it's kind of like relapsing remitting, except, uh, most times those symptoms don't clear up on their own. And then, you know, the final one is primary progressive where there's a steady incline of, uh, disease progression where you keep getting relapses and they don't go in remission at all. Okay, so um, I feel like that leads us quite nicely on to um, the next question of uh, describing to us what it's like, what challenges you face uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, on how, how it's affected your life physically and emotionally and socially. So MS affects me obviously every day because there's no cure for MS. Um, you can only just treat it and the symptoms, but, uh, here lately, um, I'll just, I'll just use today as an example. So I woke up and I, I felt very, uh, very fatigued. And so it was really hard to get out of the bed. Uh, just showering in itself is a, a huge chore, like. Uh, no joke. Like I, I chugged an energy drink just to take a shower today. Like sometimes you have to do that with MS. Um, 
some days I can't walk as great and I'll, have, I'll need to use my cane. Uh, some days I don't need it. Um, MS has affected my life in uh, social matters where I can't get out much. So I can't really get out and meet people. And so uh, sometimes like even I, I like I even have trouble like just uh, meeting people online because of MS because, you know, I, I just want to lay in bed all day or I don't have uh, the the spoons. If we all know what spoons are to even like um, just turn my computer on and look at anything. I just want to rest all the time. And uh, as far as like um, any other social aspects, uh, dating is very difficult because because you can't get out and meet people, you know, and that's a hard thing. And also there's that thing where when you do meet someone, you're like, do I tell them I have MS or do I just get to know them, get them to like me a little bit and then tell them or what, you know, um, as far as other social things, uh, sometimes, um, because I go back and forth from using a mobility aid, people will see that and they're like, Oh, you're faking it because, uh, last week you're using that cane and now you're not. And I'm like, yeah, but it just, it changes every day, you know, like I, I can't, I can't really, you know, I wish there is a way that people could, um, get in some kind of like MS simulator for a day just to see how I feel, but also feel uh, pain in my joints and in my muscles. Um, also uh, another big one, which. I almost forgot to mention because of it, uh, cognitive impairment is also a big one too, because sometimes I have trouble like thinking, sometimes I have trouble talking, like my brain has a sentence in its head, but my, my mouth just can't spit it out and vice versa. Like, oh, I could talk, but like my brain is just completely empty, Yeah, you know, um, like a memory I have really hard time with um any kind of uh, multitasking boy i sure did pick a great hobby with streaming didn't i with that <laughs> because you have to talk to people and play a game and all these other things <laughs> it's great <laughs> it was snowing while i streamed the other day and it was literally like that gif of a dog like looking at a, uh, a squirrel and then just constantly back and forward for about six minutes before I was like, I'm gonna shut the curtains. Oh. And then got stuck looking out the window for another two. That is a hundred percent why I always have the curtains closed. Otherwise yeah. I'd be like, oh there's a bed there. Oh there's a <laughs> Yeah. That just to say yes, I I think that's definitely something both Drac and I can say we've experienced slash are currently experiencing slash will experience later today. So <laughs> I mean uh... Paige, I'm going to respond uh, to the question that you put. Uh, yeah, all good. A friend of mine recently been Well, that was for yes. later, once we oh, have oh, the... Wait. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just wrote it down and I knew I would forget it. Okay, so. I'll put it off. I'll, yeah, I'll that's... That. Don't, don't worry okay. about the podcast questions. I take them down so that we can ask them yes. later. 
um so that we don't get distracted and off topic right. <laughs> also that's another thing um you know uh people who suffer from adhd you know they'll um if if something pops up they'll immediately bring like uh, they'll bring their attention to it while like bringing all these other things i'm like it's like the opposite for me. Like I, I don't need any distraction at all. I need like clear cut, straight to the point. You know, like no distractions, whatever. Uh, I basically, in a nutshell, what I'm trying to say is like I struggle with uh, focusing, basically, and any kind of like interruptions or distractions, like totally, you know, disrupts me. So. I feel like there's also, I mean, there's two things that this highlights to me that I wanted to bring up is, um, one, with this, it shows how difficult it is to actually diagnose um, MS. Like, there is such a wide range of symptoms um, that, and, and very little to actually confirm that it is MS, isn't there? So Correct it's quite often quite a journey <laughs> to get there. It is a journey. <laughs> There's no specific test for MS. Basically, what they do is they rule out everything first, and then they just kind of just process of elimination. That's how most uh, MS diagnoses get, because uh ms mimics a lot of things like other diseases like a lupus uh, lyme disease uh and some others that i can't think of at the moment and um also it very strongly highlighted for me how um just because as you were saying earlier just because um you're diagnosed with one thing compared to someone else who's diagnosed with another thing there is a lot of crossover things. There's a lot mm. of things that, as a group of chronically ill individuals, you experience, whether it be similar symptoms or, or um, similar uh, um, issues with experiencing your day-to-day -day life, uh, interacting with others, um, mm. and support. Um, just thought I'd put that out there. <laughs> and also, um, with what you just said, there's also the vice versa, where you can, like, two people can have MS, but they won't have the same symptoms and everything. Uh, it's, it's, it's estimated that around 2 million people around the world have MS, compared to the 9 billion almost 9 billion that's in the world. You know, MS is a rare disease, even though you know someone or you know someone that knows someone who has MS. Uh, basically, there's 2 million different types of MS out there because no two people with MS uh, have the same things. Uh, case in point, uh, my ex-wife, uh, she had MS too, and I had it a lot worse than she did and uh, i was too tired to do some things and she just thought i was just being lazy when actually i was just really fatigued 
and uh, I also dated uh, after her, like I dated someone else who had MS who had a lot worse than I did, who had, uh, who was legally blind, uh, you know, uh, couldn't walk or anything like that. I, I pushed her in a wheelchair all the time. I did her makeup a few times, um, really bad job, but, um, yeah, we're, we're, even though we might have, me and another person might have MS, we might have extremely different things. Oh, crap. <laughs> Did you lose it again, Drag? Yeah. 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 Sorry, Striga's here, though. Hi, Striga. Um, Hi, Strig. I was gonna ask a question and I can't fucking remember what it was. Nope. It's gone. Nope. It's gone. It's gone into the ether. Uh, Excellent. <laughs> was it about the uh, the stigmas? No, I wasn't going to move on quite yet because I'm trying to. I'm trying to keep oh, us. So it, it was an intermediate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Intermediary yeah, yeah, question. Yeah. There we are. We found it. Um, I got distracted. <laughs> My problem is I got distracted and then because I was also keeping an eye on chat and then I also got distracted by the fact that I was thinking about how things There we go. There we go. Right. Um <laughs> out of interest Does anyone in your family have it? Yes. Um my aunt has MS, my mother's sister has MS. So uh, she was diagnosed most uh three years before i was um she chose not to be treated at all and now she's uh she's uh bed bound and um in really bad shape but uh with that i would like to also say that uh, ms is not hereditary like you can't pass it down straight down to your children, but it does have some genetic markers. So there can't be a case where a father has MS and then his son has MS later on in life. Like, uh, what are their names? The Osmonds, uh, Donnie Osmond and, uh, Stephen Osmond, they both have MS, but, uh, just because, um, you have MS, does it like just because I have MS, like if I do have a child, it doesn't mean they they'll get MS too. I mean, there's just a small chance due to like, genetic and all that stuff, but you know. I I ask uh purely because this has been the biggest uh um uh sticking point for um me and my medical care. Mm -hmm. Um because my father has it mm -hmm. and it's the, literally the biggest argument has always been well there's no genetic factor so we won't test you interesting but, i don't know who told you that but they were lying or misinformed uh, um yeah. and also it's something that as because it's quite personal to me it's something that um i mean i did i did papers on it i did like research and such forth at, like as part of being a biologist and a geneticist mm. uh, 
And so for me, it's always quite a matter of interest to look at, despite there not being a direct inheritance, the actual impact of, of genetics in um, uh, the progression of this disease through lineages. Um, so I found uh, I'm always intrigued to find out if there is uh, um, uh, family members um, for those who who have it because it for me it's always been a case of it's not in directly inherited, mm -hmm. but you can pretty much uh, guarantee there's going to be multiples in the family, but you can't guarantee yeah. who it's going to be. We've got a similar issue in my family where my paternal grandfather, who I've never met, has MS, but we've not, I, I've never known him, so I don't know how, you know, where he is or how it's been for the last sort of 30 years. But my father has um, ME and mm -hmm. uh, fibromyalgia, which we think could be misdiagnosed MS, but because it's not genetic, they will not test him. Because they're like, just because he's got it doesn't mean you will. We will not fund the testing. But also, I've been now diagnosed with fibro, which if it's misdiagnosed in me, we're going to have to try and fight to get it tested for my father. So it's one of these really difficult ones where it is like, we know it's not genetic, but there's definitely something going on here mm -hmm. where you've diagnosed this with conditions which could look like another condition, but they won't rule out the other, which is... A little right. bit of a pain. Seeing as you can't one hundred percent diagnosed fibro, it's mostly just a name for a collection of symptoms we can't categorize right now. So that's so wonderful. But that brings me on to onto yes. a question that I wanted to ask as well. So, what has been your experience with medical professionals? My experience with medical professionals, uh, I was very lucky. Um, the neurologist who diagnosed me who's now the director of neurology for a very large hospital uh he was a ms specialist so you have your neurologists who basically know you know general things about you know neurology and all those things then you have your ms specialists who specialize in those things and i was uh, lucky enough to be uh uh, brought to uh, MS specialist, and he knew what to look for. He knew how, like, how to treat it, and things like that. Uh, as far as uh, other medical professionals, you know, um, there's things like um, specialists who treat your symptoms, like your optometrist, your ophthalmologist, and things like that. Um, any kind of uh, gastrointestinal issues you, you may have because of because of MS, like you know, bladder bowel issues, things like that, and um, my mind completely blinked just now. <laughs> we're all, we're on a topic. Um, your experience with medical oh. professionals. Medical professionals, yes. So. As I was moving around, um, you know, of course, had to get new neurologists, stuff like that. And some of them looked at uh, to see how young I was diagnosed with. And it was like, oh, I don't really believe you were diagnosed with MS. 
So they did some other tests. With this one neurologist thought I had uh, neuromyelitis optica, which is another disease that's uh, commonly mistaken for MS. I did test, but I'm like, no, dude, like, here's my, my MRI and everything. Like, here's the tests and stuff. Um, but I've had a slew of different uh, specialists and neurologists because you have because I've had this disease for such a long damn time. I think I've had two neurologists retire on me. <laughs> so I, of course I had to keep um, finding new ones. Uh, what really helped was the National MS Society, and they have you know a large registry of good neurologists and MS specialists, and I, I had to reach out to them one time before help me find a neurologist and I was really grateful for that. Uh, but other than that, um, I've had some, uh, doctors do the whole, Oh, you know, uh, Oh, you need more vitamin D. Uh, maybe you need to see a chiropractor or have you tried yoga, you know, things like that. So had to, had to be like a lot of the neurologists that I saw, I knew more about MS than they did. Which I can't say I'm, I'm surprised, honestly, <laughs> but, um, one thing that, uh, again, is, uh, <laughs> triggers me very much um is is the fact that if you've already been diagnosed with ms um the the vitamin d isn't going to help um at that no. point uh because vitamin d is linked to the development of it not the you know help Correct. of it <laughs> with vitamin d you're low in vitamin D because you have MS, you can't get outside very much and stuff like that. That's, that's, I guess that's the angle that they're trying to prove, but it yeah. just seems like vitamin D to a lot of medical professionals is like, you know, essential oils or anything like that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's again, it's one of, it's the, the hand wavy linking of, um, well, we have some statistical significance towards uh, this being connected to uh, higher percentages of uh, development in uh, peoples uh, situated in areas that lack vitamin D. Um, so it's it's the same sense as well. We've got um, evidence to suggest that. Um, your symptoms will be alleviated if you lose weight. It's like, okay, so yes, people are generally fitter if they exercise, but that does not, in turn, eliminate the original situation exactly. or disease or illness. You'll not be able to exercise first to fill that goal, so... <laughs> Yeah. But yes, so it's it's I'm not gonna say reassuring. Um it's... going back to the uh genetics and uh things like that, you know, there's really they they like scientists don't really know what causes MS, but 
they do have uh, some research indicating that um, you're more likely to get MS if you're of uh, Northern European descent. Uh, climate has something to do about it. Um, if you've been exposed to the Epstein-Barr virus, uh, if you've uh, had uh, mononucleosis, you know, uh, several factors. And they keep finding new things, like, every <laughs> once in a while. I, in fact, uh, I, I can, I can get, give you a, a full list of those. Um, uh, female, have someone in the family, mm -hmm. have been exposed to uh, uh, Epstein-Barr virus, um, have uh, lived in, um, uh, as you said, Northern Europe, particularly um, if you're in England, Northern uh, England. Uh, <laughs> right. so you've no profile here. But that's not to say... It's not to say that, that just because you have those things that you will right. have it. That, it's... Yeah. And also, not because... Uh, not to say that, oh... Uh, if you're not wife, you're safe. No, uh, no I know, uh, you know, uh, black people who have it. I know Asians who have it. I know I've heard of, uh, infants having MS. It's, and yeah, so, it's also linked to age. It's like, oh, well, that's not something yeah. that you can get until you're like thirties, forties. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so much, so much like archaic medical you know, uh, theories going on about so many different illnesses. And it just, just boggles my mind, make me want to pull my hair out. Yeah. Well, it's along the lines of, uh, um, if you've ever smoked, you're more likely to develop MS. It's like, if you've ever smoked, you're more likely to develop pretty much everything. Um, it's, it's one of those particular things like, air pollution um that generally tends to fuck with your cells um mm -hmm. it, it's not a case of that smoking causes ms it's just that yeah smoking's generally bad for you but then again also uh um uh, eating uh, uh specific uh, uh meats um having alcohol um uh, all of these things, all of these things are, are potentially going to increase your likelihood of developing a whole multitude of things, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they cause them. And... You have so many chances in winning so many different types of lotteries. <laughs> it's, it's a case of you just, you just, just throw, throw a dart. Um, uh, <laughs> one of these things can potentially be linked to that thing that you may or may not end up with. Pretty much. And also, another thing you just remind me of, uh, when you said woman, uh, women are actually three times more likely getting MS than men. There's also that fact, too. Yeah, and... Three times come and drag... No, just kidding. <laughs> no, no. Oh, no, no. Let me, let me add the last one to it as well. Um, but there's no point in testing me for it. Um, if, if you have another autoimmune disease you are more likely oh, yeah. to develop ms or another immune autoimmune disease they tend to come in you know friendship circles uh <laughs> support each other 
it's hard work fucking up a body on your own. The point, the yeah. point being is that it's... If there's all of these factors, that's when you should be looking at these things. Right. Particularly if it's something that, if someone is coming to you at, at, at such an, a young age as you were, that's mm -hmm. usually a point. It was like, okay, well, these are strange. In a person of this point, I mean, I'm glad that your situation was that you weren't turned away and you did get the diagnosis, but I can guarantee there are multiple people out there that have had the opposite uh, um, uh, situation where they've had to fight for that diagnosis despite having all of those symptoms because of something like their age, their race, their uh, uh, location in the world. It's extremely frustrating honestly um, there's there's unfortunate people like me and then there's uh very lucky people like uh kamianya mentioned that uh they you know were diagnosed uh really quickly and then just put on treatment right away and they are doing uh so far pretty good from what i've heard but yeah, no, it's 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 just a. I find it a very interesting topic to to discuss how there does seem to be a a a mismatch between what we know scientifically, what we right. know of our, uh, various conditions, and how doctors approach it. Um, exactly, and. MS just happens to be one of those that I know quite a bit about yeah. and also um, take an interest in because it's, yeah, it's one of those that tends to be the brunt of, of a lot of misdiagnosis, a lot of sticking points. Mm -hmm. So bringing us on to our, our next question quite, quite nicely there. Um, is um stigmas misconceptions um have you experienced any what is some that you would like to put a end to what what taboos would you like to discuss about your experience with ms right so stigmas um ms is a contagious um, MS isn't fatal. Um, those who have died who had MS are more likely to die from complications of MS. That's where, you know, they have, uh, less mobility and they have brittle bones and then they, you know, fall and they break their arm. And then they go to the hospital and then they get a staph infection and uh unfortunately that's how they pass away uh actually um had a friend of mine uh the very first ms friend i ever made i actually dedicated my last uh, charity stream to her um she we were diagnosed about the same time and uh she died about two years ago because of uh, complications of MS, she she had a lot of uh, she had some infections due to you know being bedridden and being hospitalized and and poor care from the medical professionals there and 
things like that. Uh, other stigmas would be like, um, you know, um, trying to think. Uh, something that I mentioned before, uh, you know, sometimes I'll use a medical aid or a mobility aid one day and then the next day I won't need it. Um, I actually, uh, I have a handicap placard uh, for my vehicle. And when I got it, it was for when I was uh, feeling very fatigued those days. Oftentimes, you'll see people, you know, uh, people look seemingly fine, you know, parking in the handicap park spot, even though they, you know, have the credentials and everything. And then you see some asshole key their car and everything like that. Like, well, you know, I had, you know, I have MS. Like, I, I got this because I'm, you know, chronically fatigued and I can't walk very far. Things like that. Um, trying to think what else. Um, oh, a big one is from friends and family. Since they know that I have MS and they know that uh, I struggle with it sometimes, that I'm like that all the time, and that they uh, don't even bother inviting me to plans like uh to going out and things like that because they, they just assume that I, I wouldn't be able to because i'd be too sick or something like that you know that's that's another uh big thing i'm trying to think of what else but at the moment i can't really think of anything at the moment well that must have a severe impact on 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 you um both socially and and mentally the biggest uh, impact is having a chronic illness alone makes you feel alone because you feel like no one can relate to you not only that you you can't really get out and you know see your friends and so you're uh, out of sight out of mind a lot and i've lost a lot of friends that way uh, because I couldn't go out to the bar, you know, every weekend like I used to, or, you know, uh, go play like disc golf every weekend with them anymore or anything like that. So uh kind of lose touch. Um, misunderstandings with uh, partners. You know, sometimes you might need help with something and they just expect that that's going to be like that all the time you know uh as far as other social things is um uh, especially online um because people know me people know that i have ms and they they've heard me talk about the struggles they go through you know they don't bother to uh, message me because they assume I don't want to be bothered when I'm actually just sitting here at the desk like, please, somebody talk to me. I'm so lonely. Please communicate, you know. I'm sorry. I'm laughing. I'm laughing because I, I've been there. You and I share the feelings, don't you? <laughs> like, it's not... It's, it's, it's 
something that comes up quite often in in the podcast for us where either Paige or I end up giggling or both of us end up giggling and it's not because we're finding the topic funny it's right it's just relatable it's sympathetic giggling yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um so I think sometimes it's a, a happy release to realize other people feel the same as you. Yeah. So it's not something you're happy about, but it's still something to appreciate. Right. I guess. And and I, I guess also they might assume that that's all I'm going to talk about. Like, I'm just going to like uh, bitch and complain about like my uh, symptoms for that day and but actually, most of the time, I don't really uh, talk about it because it's things that nobody can can do anything about, even neurologists and my specialists, you know. Um, and I think that's one thing that people confuse is uh, whenever people vent, they're not wanting you to solve their problems. They're just wanting you to listen. Yeah, I mean, if you just spend, what, five minutes with someone, you can determine whether or not they want a solution from you. Mm -hmm. Or whether or not they just want to get it off their chest so that they can... Or, or just someone to go, oh my god, or, ah, oh, right? It's just a, sometimes that's all that's needed, but... Right. The correct reply a lot of times is, that sucks. Yeah. You know. If you're not sure what the reply is, though, you can just ask, like, do you want advice or do you just want to rant about it? Or you can just say, right. like, is there anything I can do to help? Like, I hate getting, like, what can I do to help? Because it's like nothing. But it's like, well, now it just kind of feels like I've just told you to fuck off, which isn't quite <laughs> what I intended. But if you ask, is there anything, like, I can just say, no, there's nothing, but thanks. You know, it, it, it tends to put less of the onus on the person. But yes. Let's do I, yoga. Are you doing okay? We're just over halfway. Yeah, I'm fine. Yep. Yeah. How about you, Paige? You seemed like you were. I'm always jiggling in pain. It's all good. Okay, right. Just readjusting the chair, so. <laughs> okay. Um... So we've got one last question uh, and then we'll move on to audience questions. So if you have any questions that you would like to submit, um, we will answer them uh, shortly, but submit them now through the, through the uh, channel points redemption. Um, and I'm keeping, I'm keeping tally of them all. Um, so our, our last topic of discussion is we'd like to, um, uh, refocus a little bit because obviously this is quite heavy sometimes quite um uh emotionally uh heavy and uh we want to try and re rethink uh um and uh not focus entirely on the the downsides so tell us what you can take away from your experience what what good has come of it 
the great things that I've experienced with uh, having multiple sclerosis is being in a place where I can develop empathy. Before, you know, before I got diagnosed with MS, you know, I was just like a little teenage asshole. I didn't, I didn't care how you felt or whatever. But because I suffered through things, it made me realize, wait a second, other people suffer through things too. So MS has taught me to put myself in other people's shoes. And then I ask myself how I would approach that situation and how I would treat that person and things like that. Also, having MS has taught me how to not be afraid to ask for help, but also to be my own advocate if I, if, if the help that I got wasn't really um, that beneficial, then it's left up to my own devices and to figure out ways that I can find a way to break through this adversity. Um, one thing that I do a lot for people is, uh, you know, I won't be able to like solve your problem, but I will be able to maybe Google some kind of association that has a program that can help you, you know, things of that nature. And also it taught, MS taught me to just value life, um, you know, live one day at a time. I know that's a platitude, but still it, it's, it's true. Um, live every day. Like you might not be alive the next day, you know, do the things that, uh, you want to do. You, you like have goals, have dreams, even if you don't think that you'll be able to accomplish them, just go ahead and do it. Like, I didn't think that I'd ever be married. I didn't think that I'd ever graduate college. I didn't think I'd ever be a homeowner, but I'd knock those out of the park. Um, what else would I want to say? Uh, it also taught me that, oh, a big, a big thing, a very big thing, a very big thing that it taught me is just because you have the same illness as someone doesn't mean they're going to be their, your friend. I know that uh, oftentimes people who are newly diagnosed, they meet somebody else with, you know, whatever they have. And they're like, oh, we have so much we can relate to, you know, you have MS, I have MS, you know, um, we're like two peas in a pod, but sometimes MS may be the only thing that you have in common and that you have to be very careful, especially on the internet, uh, people who you meet that, uh, they might not be your friend. They might be your worst enemy. They just, the only thing that you share with them is your illness. And that's simply it. And, uh, also it, uh, MS has taught me that, um, just to never give up. Uh, just, just keep trying and, uh, don't feel down if you can't get something done, just, uh, don't quit. And, uh, there was a tweet that I 
sent out not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, that if you're chronically ill, this goes out for any anybody that's chronically ill. You're not you're not stupid, you're not weak, you're not incompetent, you're not any of those things. You're just sick. And the only thing you do you can do is to try your best, and that's all that you need to do. I mean, that's, I mean, it's great advice. And it's honestly the advice that I know uh, a lot of uh, chronically ill people will tell each other. Terrible at, tell at taking the advice themselves. <laughs> but totally like, the good advice that really everyone should, should very much take take in and and think about but it's so difficult to do it really is <laughs> we we have it's so easy for us to give advice to a friend but to follow that our advice on our own is really hard so it's so what it's uh, a good way to go around that is Pretend, when you're talking to yourself, pretend that you're speaking to a friend, but that friend is you. And if you really struggle, get someone who's just, uh, uh, yes. um, <laughs> yes. get yourself a, a friend who's going to tell you yes. exactly the same thing. Get you a friend that will call out your shit. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> those, are, those are the best friends to have. Uh, oh, God. But yes, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Um, if there's nothing else that anyone wants to add, we can move on to audience questions. At least from my side. Uh, sorry, you did, didn't. I couldn't hear you. A word you're saying there. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. Don't worry. I think I'm good from my side. Okay. All right. So, first question. I mean, is is from Age. So. Do you, do you want to maybe ask your question? <laughs> I'll have to scroll back up so I can remember exactly how okay. I worded I'll... it. <laughs> you don't have to. I can scroll back up. It's all right. I found it. So, oh, okay. um, yes. You beat me to it. It's all right. So I have a couple of friends with MS, and one of those friends has only been diagnosed fairly recently. And mm -hmm. I, I see a lot in him that I saw in myself when I was first diagnosed with my, my illnesses. And he's asking a lot of questions sort of specifically about MS that I can't necessarily answer correctly. So do you use any public resources or any support groups still for MS that I could point him towards or another person if they were recently diagnosed? Um, it depends. Uh, what country are they from? They are in the UK. In the UK. So I would assume that there would be one in uh, the UK, but in the US, so I know that there's an MS association in the UK. Um, in the US, there is uh, what's called the MS Association of America. And I've done charity work for them for basically 
instead of uh putting money towards uh, research and you know things like that they actually what they do is they provide uh services uh they they provide help to individuals uh today like they'll they'll help with uh mobility equipment um you know uh vehicle modification you know uh give uh, cars hand controls um one thing I got from them was uh, a cooling vest because, you know, I'm a heat sensitive. And I think they do. Oh, yeah. Uh, they also do a, uh, M, they have an MRI fund that they will pay for a, a first time diagnosis for MRI or they'll help with a, a previous MRI. I'll have to do some research for the UK side, but I'm pretty sure I could find some things uh, for for your friend. I think it's just the MS Society, isn't it? Um, yeah, for the UK. Like um, because obviously our healthcare is currently free. Uh, <laughs> well. uh, ish. Um, but it's about accessing it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think if if for resources on along that line, it's the MS Society. Yeah, I can probably find something for the UK. I'm pretty good at uh, finding those types of things, and even then, like I have my sources who can find uh, some stuff on there. I've got a lot of connections. I've been like dealing with uh, so many societies over the last like almost twenty years. It's 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 really ridiculous. Yeah, that that's definitely that's awesome. I think that'd be really really helpful. Just like I understand. I don't know. I know Drac sort of gets it as well, but I don't know if it's the same from from your point as well. But I know that when I was first diagnosed, throughout the first few years at least, I, I experienced a lot of grief that I didn't really know was grief. Because it was more mm -hmm. just like, as I was starting to lose more and more of my ability, like obviously not entirely, but as I was losing and not knowing where it would stop, there was a lot of grief and anger that I was going through that nobody told me was grief or, or anger or that it was justified. So I just sort of believed it was just the depression flaring up. Um, and I see that in some of my friends who are recently diagnosed with illnesses and it's just sort of like I'm trying to like shove community things to them like tell these people they'll tell you that it's not just in your head and you're not just angry for no reason like right. it's a legitimate thing you're going through and it is easier if somebody tells you that's legit so yes yeah uh I mean I don't I don't think that's something that goes away it just kind of that's a part of being human. It becomes more... You, you just understand where it comes from. <laughs> I, th I think it's like any grief that you get for any reason. It it sort of take it, it doesn't take on less meaning, but it's it becomes easier to... It becomes more palatable over time. And you mm. understand it a little more instead of it just being a much more raw emotion that you're just having to experience. That's another, uh, I'm glad you said that, because that's a, that brings up another point. Um, at one point, uh, I was being, like, uh, 
you know, really, really down on myself because of uh, MS and everything. And my ex-wife was like, oh, you should be over that by now. You've had it for so many years. I'm like, you don't get over it unless you actually get over it okay. as in a cure. Yeah. Silly lady. Yeah, but uh, I, I I definitely can feel for those people because they go through so many emotions. They they deal with they go through so many things that uh, only they know that they go through. There's no one else that they could talk to or anything like that. So it's like they don't know where to go or where to start, and it's very frustrating because it could happen like every day and it gets it gets frustrating like uh with my um with my symptoms like currently right now like uh my toes have been like twitching this entire time they never stop they twitch 24 hours and it's so frustrating and then i had to reach out to my neurologist to give me something because i i couldn't sleep you know like that i was really grumpy that's why a lot of times, if if I'm in that mood, I just kind of just isolate myself because I don't want to like snap at anybody. But that's when you should talk to somebody to maybe get some help for that, instead of just being a a grumpy butt all by yourself. Mm, I think it's surrounding yourself with people that will understand that as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I definitely think it's where yeah, yeah, just just something. Or just somebody that'll understand, even if you did lash, that there's a reason for it and that you can talk about it. Like, it might not still be okay to have lashed at somebody, but it's, you know, better than it just happening randomly. Right. Other people understand. So. It's not an excuse. It's a reason. Reason, yes. That, that's something I keep saying, and it's difficult because uh, I think that's one of the stigma things, like going back to the early questions that I see sometimes with, with the anger and the depression you get. And it's like, but it's no excuse to act the way. It's like, it's not an excuse, but it's why it happened. Like, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, it's a cause. Yeah. It's yeah. More it doesn't about, mean it's okay, but it means it happened. <laughs> it's more about having self awareness. Mm -hmm. um, it's being able to um, uh, analyze your feelings and emotions and go okay so that's where that came from like i understand why i did that and therefore i can adjust i can explain and and hopefully correct my response for the next time it comes up or you know be self-aware of these things because I mean, I quite, exactly. I quite like the saying, it's not my fault, but it's my responsibility. Like, right. it's, oh, it's, not, good. it's not my fault that I suddenly got angry and might have snapped at my husband, but it's my responsibility to apologize and explain why it happened and to check he's okay. Like, it's, it's, well, at that point, it just feels like courtesy because nobody else is, should have to deal with the symptoms of my illness if I can't manage them, but they can at least understand. Right. It's like, okay, the first step is realization. I was like, okay, I realize that I'm experiencing an emotion. Then you ask yourself, what ex uh, emotion is that? And then you say, oh, well, I feel lonely. Like, well, why do you feel lonely? It's like, well, nobody talked to me all day. Like, nobody at all. 
they're like, uh, well, did you reach out to anybody? Like, well, no. Then you tell yourself, well, communication is a two-way street. Oh, Sometimes don't do that. that. Street we we, we all feel lit. so called out right now. <laughs> and then you tell yourself, thanks, self. You know? Then you can use that to talk to some friends and say, if I've not said anything for a few days, like, and you have the time, could you just poke me or something? And then try and prevent that for the future if it is something you've got somebody able to support you with. Exactly. Yeah, it's definitely about self-reflection and, and learning. I also, on that topic, would like to point out that a lot of people with um, illness... Um, uh mental health uh issues the reason that they often don't reach out is either it takes too much out of them to to put in that effort like there's only so much like energy in mm -hmm. in existence uh, uh, uh with an illness <laughs> that you have and you you just cannot donate those precious resources to to reaching out and then there's the other option of of feeling like a complete and utter burden to people mm -hmm. like it, it's like yeah okay you may not think that they're a burden you may really want to hear from them but their feeling of interacting with you and always having to cancel or always having to go well no i'm not feeling good or always having to to just it's always the there in every exactly. relationship that you have it's always there it's always a thing and you're always going to feel like a burden mm -hmm. that's just that's the brain weasels that will always tell you because <laughs> it's it is such a significant factor of of your life exactly and it's uh like uh, a point i made earlier uh you know putting yourself in other people's shoes like you know uh i wouldn't mind like if if i'd be thrilled if people like uh, send me a message i wouldn't you know be bothered at all like oh great i got to hear from my friends like what, what, what do you need you need something how can i help you and then like uh when you like flip the tables you're like oh i don't i i don't want i kind of want to talk to this person but i feel like i'll piss them off even though they, they have no reason to be pissed off you know it's one of those things it's like it's like walking on eggshells for no reason at all even though like you're walking on like a uh, solid stone yeah i i tend to find that i I won't enter into a conversation if I realize I've got enough spoons for the first message, but if they ask another question, I'm going to pass out. It's just, it's, I tend to like, I'll get halfway through a conversation. I'm really enjoying. And then part of my brain just goes, I'm so bored. And it's like, why are you bored? It's just like, I don't know, but they need to leave the situation. It's like, could you come back? I need this brain cell to continue. It's <laughs> like, no, until you do something else, I'm not coming back. And it, there, there's times that I'm just like, I I just feel like an asshole now, so I'm not going to message you again because now I'm just only half here. 
because part of my brain's just decided I don't want to do this any longer for absolutely zero reason. <laughs> I feel like a lot of times we treat messages like a phone call. It's, you know, a message can always be replayed, replied at a later date, but we feel like <laughs> if we send a message, it's like, oh, are you busy? Sorry. Oh, you're at work? Oh, I can't talk right now. I you don't know. know. Like, when that happens, I don't, I don't know about you or uh, uh, um, anyone in chat, but if I, if I ignore a mess, if I go, yeah, I'll respond to that later. Nope. <laughs> it's gone. Or I'll respond it's six gone. days later, like, holy crap, you needed your medicine, Jesus. I d oh, whoops. <laughs> yep. it's, it, it, it's a, I'll, I'll put it off till later, and then it is gone. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, try, Jack and I trying to plan a podcast is a nightmare. <laughs> I still haven't contacted that person! <laughs> oh, for God's sake, Jack! But, case in point. Right, next audience well, question. I appreciate you replying to my message, Jack. You, you got Jack on one of those moments where it's like, I can respond now! <laughs> or they remembered a week later. Um, but FYI for anyone who I forget to respond to, that's why. <laughs> anyway, next audience question. Um, so what have been the best accessibility tool that you found in your journey? The best accessibility tool. Hmm trying to think the cooling vest is really nice just um whatever you do don't put the cold packs in the front pockets because it could get pretty nippy if you know what i mean um other than that um oh the cane that i have right here it has like these little feet on it, so I could just plop it down like right on the ground. It'll just stay right there. Oh, Pretty cool. I'm always dropping mine in shops, and then I'm like, oh, well, I ain't getting that back. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> seems like a really simple solution, and yet so not used as often as it should be. <laughs> Uh, recent uh, accessibility things that I have gotten, um, as far as like streaming and stuff, well, in general, really, uh, Stream Deck helps me out a lot. I just push a button and it does the thing. And also, I have a Stream Deck pedal that will, um, like mute my mic before I sneeze. Oh, another thing. Um, so I have decreased uh, dexterity in my left hand. So I can't really uh, type very well on the keyboard, everything, all, all the keys on that side. So instead, I got one of those uh, mice. Can I, will this be unplugged? Can you even see this? I got one of these mice that has a bunch of buttons out there. And it helps me so much. I am so glad I have this thing. Yeah, you have it too. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it is such a, a godsend, um, for, for just general usage, 
um, mm -hmm. for so many, many reasons. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, when I saw those pedals come out, those were, honestly, I, I was so happy that <laughs> they brought out something that is, is going to be such a useful tool for so many streamers. It really is. Like, I just... And then there's that part of me that goes, it's taken bloody long enough. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just happy that it's a, a, a resource. You know, it's, it's now there. I appreciate there. it, but just it took this long. Yeah, I've, I've had a foot pedal for streaming for a year and a half or so, but it's it's honestly crap. So I'm really hoping that theirs is a, a good model that properly registers. Um, I'd love to get my hands, well, feet on one to test it. Um, uh, are you talking about yeah. the Elgato one? Mm. Yeah, that, that one specifically looks very cool, but there's too many buttons on it. I keep thinking I'm just going to close the computer down or something by hitting the wrong side. So... <laughs> It's really not. I thought the same thing, but it's really not. It's got, you know, a really big one in the middle and then two oh. smaller ones on the side. And oh, that's good. the ones on the sides are a little bit raised higher than the one in the middle. So I, th I think you'll you'll have an easy time with it. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Smart bulbs. Yeah, smart bulbs. Seem, they seem, seem like a kind of oh it's just it's just something fancy you know to be able to turn off lights that you've forgotten from your phone or from a single voice command plus the colors is so good for headaches as well mm. oh yeah it's like the, the yellow or whitish sort of light bulbs especially if you have the older bulbs that still flicker a bit are horrendous for headaches but oh like, yeah i hate turning those. it to a cooler color can help sometimes give me um, bright white you know and also you can you just use it as like a little dimmer switch yeah the... dimmer switch is uh, uh um level of uh lighting is just oh yes Plus, if you don't want to put color corrective makeup on, you just put on the right light bulb and it sorts out your foundation for you. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's why I always have blue on because it stops me going red. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, next question. Uh, you touched on having treatments for symptoms. How did the treatment differ when it came to the illness itself and the symptoms it caused? So the um, the prescriptions that I've had uh, in the past, uh, they were like uh, anxiety medications, antidepressants, um, anticonvulsants, uh, like stuff to provoke hunger and things like that but uh ever since i got milk of marijuana i replaced probably like seven prescriptions uh probably not the answer you were asking um but it's a lot of trial and error of course that's that's how the medical field works is they they give you something to see if it works if it doesn't they'll put you on something else um one one, ther one therapist that I went to, 
they actually did something really uh, cool. They had a uh, DNA test for which medicines actually work for you or not. And a lot of the, the antidepressants that I was on, that DNA test showed that they didn't work at all. And so they did find one that did work for me. And oh my gosh, it was a world of difference. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> so maybe, hopefully, if there's uh, maybe like a clinic near you, maybe they have it or something. I don't know. Try it out. That would be. Yeah. Um... <laughs> this made me think of something I can ask my hospital uh, when I next see them. And I'm just like, I need to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so um i've only got one last question um unless mm -hmm. anyone wants to put any quick ones in the chat uh while we talk about this one um but uh if anything is there something you use as a mantra or remind yourself of when you hit a dark spot i'm sorry i was reading uh chat what was what did you say <laughs> um is anything if anything is there something you use as a mantra or remind yourself of when you hit a dark spot if I hit a dark spot um i am still trying to find that i currently don't have anything like that um there's things i try you know there's the typical like oh just sleep it off or anything like that, or just talk to a friend or, uh, you know, retail therapy or something like that. But, uh, not currently, I'm still searching for that. I just kind of just, um, do my best and hold on and then just try to logically talk myself through it. Be like, Hey, you're feeling this way. Uh, there might not be some kind of uh, rhyme or reason to, but you know yourself that it's not logical. Uh, write it out the best way that you can. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of self introspection and self talk, and and try to bring myself back to uh, the logical side of things. And uh, if if I can't find a friend to help me or to talk to at that time. It's just to, uh, you know, just uh, for so, you know, having this disease for so long, I developed so many coping mechanisms that I, I constantly go back to. And that's one of them is coming back to the realization that uh, things of logic and knowing and realizing things and knowing what the cause might be and trying to find a solution to that. And if you can't really do anything about it, at that moment, just try yourself, try to do your best and hunker down. And, uh, most of the time I just, uh, just sleep it off. But, uh, currently I don't really have a way to deal with those types of things. Um, one thing that I really should do though, is I need to see where I can find a uh, therapist to talk to because that's that's one like health thing that I haven't checked off my list like physical therapy and and you know uh, getting neurologists you know all that's checked off that's like one of the 
last few things I have it checked off. So that's that's something that I'll be um, searching pretty soon. All right. Well, Paige, do you have any last questions that you wish to add to the mix? No, I think we actually covered them pretty well. We got a few extra questions in along the uh, along the main ones, so and I think you've explained it all really, really well, which has been very nice because although I've been in close proximity with MS for quite a lot of my life, it's never something I personally learned a ton about. Mm. But that's also, I guess, because there's been a, a, just a litany of other things as well. <laughs> right. Um, and also, it's because yeah. you don't have it yourself. Yes. So there's really no... Um, motivation or inclination to learn about it but that is one thing that i've actually been uh trying lately you know i have you know i've been doing all this uh, ms awareness and, and everything like that and i'm like stopping myself and i'm like wait i should learn about other diseases too that way i can relate to those people and then if i can relate to those people maybe doing the same thing, they can see that they can relate to me too, you know? Mm, it, yeah, it's definitely helpful when we learn and help advocate for each other as well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I appreciate you taking the time to, to come and talk with us. Thank you for inviting me to talk. And uh, I don't know what else to say. My brain is <laughs> kind of fried. I, I, I can't really speak at length very well that's why like when i do stream only like stream for like three hours because talking talking's hard words are hard it's surprisingly <laughs> um uh like energetically demanding mm -hmm. to talk for long periods of time um but i really appreciate you you taking the time to talk to us share your story um and uh um help us spread a bit more education um about ms um could i get a another shout out please for both Paige and mr dugeiser i'll never stop saying mr dugeiser because that's 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 <laughs> always going to be my my go-to <laughs> it's always been fun to say um but yes so um thank you everyone for uh hanging out i hope you found this interesting um next uh stream wait, did you just shout me out on my own stream <laughs> um <laughs> um next stream will be on sunday next podcast will be on the 21st of april um yes. but yes thank you all for joining us um thank you both for joining us to talk on the podcast um i hope you all have a good rest of your evening or day i hope you all have a good weekend ahead and i will see you all soon say bye all Bye. Bye.